Christian Heritage Ministry, in cooperation with Fuller Seminary, proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles E. Cole. And joy sublime in that home of love divine. 
And I'm going to sit down beside my Jesus. Lord, I'm going to sit down and rest a little while. We'll soon be done. We'll soon be done with troubles and trials. Troubles and trials in that home. Yes, in that home on the other side. On the other side. And I'm going to shake glad hands with the elders. Lord, and tell my kindred good morning. Then I'm going to sit down beside my Jesus. Lord, I'm going to sit down and rest a little while. going to sit down and rest a little Sing heavenly sunshine and be sure and give everyone a good long beach welcome. Turn around and shake hands with as many as possible. All right, let's sing heavenly sunshine right through and really lift it up now on this course that everybody loves so well. All together, heavenly Win them, win them, one by one. 
friends of the radio audience, my heart has truly been filled with thanksgiving unto God for all his tender mercies to Mrs. Fuller and to me for the privilege which has been ours of laboring with you in the gospel. This worldwide radio ministry is made possible only because you take time out of your busy days to pray for us and for the work and because you have sacrificed and joined in this ministry that the word of God might continue to go out over these many, many stations. Eternity alone will reveal what has been accomplished by our combined efforts, at which time he who took note of the widow's might will reward you for your faithfulness. However, I want to personally thank each one of you just now for the part you have had in this ministry and for the encouragement you have been to us along this pilgrim way. If there are some listening today who have not yet participated in this ministry, can we not hear from you this week, assuring us of your cooperation in this soul-saving work? We shall be so grateful for your letter. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door And I can't feel at home in this world anymore Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh, I have no friend like you If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door And I can't feel at home in this world anymore they're all expecting me, and that's one thing I know. I fixed it up with Jesus many years ago. I know he'll take me through, though I am weak and poor. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know, I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Just over in glory land we'll live eternally. The saints on every hand are shouting victory. Their songs of sweetest praise drift back from heaven's shore, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord,
possibly in the early teens, and we appreciate his writing to us from Port William, Ontario, Canada. Dear Mr. Fuller, I am writing this note as I listen to you from a radio in our clubhouse, of which I am leader. We have four fellows in our club, which is called the Lone Patrol. All of us are sitting here listening to your fine program, and we just want to tell you that we think it is tops. We like it. That's nice to have that letter from those boys. From Great Lakes, Illinois, dear Mr. Fuller, my wife and I received much help and blessing from your messages. When she was just a girl of perhaps 12 years or so, 
She would have to be in bed early. But on Sunday evenings, when the strains of Jesus Saves came over the radio, she was upstairs listening with her ear to the floor, to the crack of the door, enjoying the program, not desiring to miss a word. Now we have it regularly in our home, and our children listen to it. A blessing from generation to generation. Well, friends, we think that is fine, that the adolescent youths like to listen to the hour. We have so many young listeners. A man writes from Washington a testimony as to God's answer to his prayers. He puts it in a rather unusual way, rather really very expressive. Dear friends, truly God is with you. I know from the blessings that I receive when I hear your program. I have been saved two years, the 26th day of November, and I'm still dumbfounded at what God can do when you ask him. It is fantastic. Just how he works these miracles in answer to prayer is his mystery. Well, how right he is. Have you had that experience, too? Dear Reverend Fuller, I am now in a tuberculosis hospital here in Missouri, and I must say that my condition was considered bad, very bad, when I came. But thanks to God, I am better now, for he has undertaken for me. We get your program here Sunday mornings, and I have been converted. It seems that everybody listens here. And then this last letter, dear Reverend Fuller, here in the Aleutians, we feel very favored to hear you every Sunday. I am a Christian and have heard your program all my life. Its memories are part of my childhood. But there are so many men here who have had no contact with God or the Bible as they are growing up. It is a study to me how they want to hear you every Sunday. There is something about the program that draws them and satisfies them, for it is sincere and homey. They come strolling in at the usual time, leaving games or whatever they are doing, and they try to act sort of indifferent while they are listening. But I find that every man has the desire in his heart to find God, but they have some queer ideas of what he is and how to please him. You are giving messages which help people everywhere. And that is all I shall have time for today, friends.
children along with the old-fashioned organ that so many of you had back in your younger days on the farm or in the home someplace. May we stand and sing number 113, At last and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die. Number 113, two verses, please.
we remain standing and bowed in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come unto Thee, we're so needy. We need Thee every hour, and we thank Thee today that Thou dost lead us along life's journey. Our times are in Thy hands, and whatsoever comes, comes through Thy permissive and directive will, and all things do work together for good to those that are the called ones, to those that love Thee. But our hearts are saddened today as we read the papers of the terrible atrocities, the godless forces backed by Satan, demon-possessed, doing things unheard of, and we pray especially for the homes today, for the fathers and mothers or the wives or the brothers or the sisters. We pray for them today that thou wilt sustain, and through it all may they look under Jesus, the author and the finish of their faith, and see things in their eternal reality. Oh, Father, in these days we pray like John of old, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly and bring peace to a warring world. So much heartache, so much sorrow, so much confusion, so much darkness, so much discouragement, so much distress. Hasten the coming of thy Son with healing in his wings and bring peace to this old troubled world, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In the secret of his presence, all my soul delights to hide. Oh, how precious are the lessons which I learn at Jesus' side. Earthly cares can never vex me, neither trials lay me For when Satan comes to tempt me, to the secret place I go, to the secret place I go. Would you like to know the sweetness of the secret of the Lord? Go and hide beneath his shadow, this shall then be your reward. And whene'er you leave the silence of that happy Mind and bear the image of the Master in your face, of the Master in your face. You are listening to the Old Fashioned Revival Hour with Dr. Charles E. Fuller. His message today is titled, Redemption Through His Blood. I'll provide information after Dr. Fuller's message on how you can contact us for a free copy of today's message or to request a catalog of the gospel music you hear on the broadcast. Now is the time to open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6 as we rejoin the broadcast. Oh 
Bibles, please, and turn to the first chapter of Ephesians, verses 6 and 7. Ephesians 1, 6 and 7, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. If all the Bible was destroyed except these two verses, you would have enough there for time and eternity in the matter of salvation. The Ephesian epistle, as no other epistle in the New Testament, sets forth the one and only true scriptural church, the body of Christ. And in chapter 1, we learn of the conception of the church in the mind of the Trinity before the foundation of the world. And here we find cataloged all the spiritual blessings which the Father hath bestowed upon us through Christ by the Holy Spirit. Last Lord's Day, we learned that we have been chosen in Christ from before the foundation of the world. We'll understand that fully someday. Second, our destiny is set forth. That is, we are predestinated under the adoption, the placing of sons, predestined to be conformed to the image of his beloved Son. And someday all who are born again will be like him and see him as he is. Now today, just briefly upon verses 6 and 7, the wealth of spiritual blessings found in these verses stagger the human mind. Truly, we see through our glass darkly. However, may the eyes of our understanding be enlightened, and may we, according to the measure of our faith, feast upon the good things that God has for us in Christ. First of all, in verse 6, we find these words, accepted in the Beloved. And I'm praying earnestly that the Holy Spirit will enable you to see the meaning of these words and forsaking all sandy foundations and all other so-called avenues of approach. You may come through the one way of approach through Christ. The word accepted literally means engraced. That is, the moment you receive Christ under your heart as your own personal Savior, you are engraced set in the middle of his grace. 
and the kindness of the loving Father in Christ. Think of it. The moment you, a sinner by nature, hear the gospel and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, immediately God places you in the middle of his grace. You are in grace in Christ. What a miracle. Once by nature the child of disobedience and wrath afar off, a stranger spiritually dead to the things of God, that now through Christ, in grace, surrounded, protected, preserved by his matchless, marvelous grace. Being thus in grace, listen, no matter what may come your way, whatever comes, comes through the loving hand and heart of God. Amen. Note, please, the wording of Ephesians 1, 6. The Father hath made us in grace or accepted in the Beloved. And salvation is entirely the Lord's work. We cannot by our own efforts or works be made acceptable to the Father. The Father hath made us in grace, for by grace are ye saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. Note further the truth, accepted in the Beloved. Three times in the New Testament, these words are recorded coming from the Father in heaven above. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And so the beloved one here is referred to is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are to approach God, you must come through the beloved one. And the moment that you are reconciled to God through faith in him, you are accepted in grace in God's beloved Son. Not through any organization or any human religious leader, man or woman or system, but accepted only in God's beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And no wonder the Apostle Paul exclaimed, He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life, and there's no middle ground. It's a question of whether you have received Christ as your personal Savior, not your church membership, not your ancestry, not your good works, none of those things. The question is, are you accepted in grace in the Beloved? And according to Acts, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's Christ and Christ alone. Now notice the purpose of this acceptance in the Beloved. According to the first chapter of Ephesians, verse 6, here it is. In whom we have redemption, or rather to the praise of the glory of His grace. That's the purpose. And when I read those words, that we should be to the praise of the glory of His grace, somehow I was stopped for a moment. And I ask myself this question, does my life, my words, my actions, my dealings with others add to or detract from the glory of his grace? Does that business deal honor him? Are you trying to get the best of the other fellow instead of looking on the affairs of others? And God says, whatsoever we do, may we do all to the glory of the Father. And fellow believer, let's be more careful, walking more circumspectly, and let us watch our conversation that it be seasoned with salt, forgiving one another, kindly affectionate one towards the other, tender-hearted, bearing one another's burdens. And I say to you that eternity is ahead, 
And may these things be our ever uppermost in our mind. And when we come to pass over the threshold into the eternal ages, may there not be any regrets, but may we have lived the life pleasing to the Father, walking pleasing in His sight. Seventh verse of, of the first chapter of Ephesians. And may our hearts really burn now as we study these words. Oh, listen to me. There's so many bloodless cults. So many men and women are trying to get to heaven without being reconciled to the cross, without being washed in the precious blood and loosed from their sins. May they hear the word today wherever they may be, in the cars, on the highways, in the home, in the hospitals. Listen, in whom Christ, we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our sin. In whom, that is in Christ, we have redemption. Now, what does the word redemption mean? The word redemption occurs ten times in the New Testament, three times in Ephesians. Just what does it mean now when we speak of redemption? It means, listen carefully, to be set free by the payment of a ransom. Let me repeat. Redemption means to be set free by the payment of a ransom. Let's face the facts. By one man's disobedience, sin has entered the human race. And man, in spite of all his so-called progress and his intellectual attainment and knowledge in the scientific realm and in the realm of astronomy and all of these various fields, man by nature is a fallen creature, dead in trespasses and sin, alienated and cut off from the life that is in Christ Jesus God's Word says, irrespective of your intellectual capacity or your standing or whatever it may be, all have sin and are coming short of the glory of God. And all by nature are under condemnation of the wrath of Almighty God. Natural man, fallen sinful humanity, is held captive by Satan, the God of this age. And man is a slave to sin constantly fulfilling the desires of the mind and of the flesh. And so we are faced with this. Either natural man must die for the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die and be eternally separated from God on account of his sinning nature. Or an innocent substitute must die in his place and stead. And so in verse 7 of Ephesians 1, it tells us that we have redemption. That is, an innocent substitute has died in our place instead, and that Christ, the Lamb of God, is the one we are set free by the payment of a ransom. And that ransom price was the life of the Son of Man. Let's get it straight. The payment, the ransom price was the life of the Son of Man. Matthew twenty twenty eight. The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom, the redemptive price for many. First Timothy 2.6, who gave himself a ransom for all. Hebrews 9.12, listen carefully. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once unto the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Thank God today I don't understand it, but as I'm speaking to you, I have eternal 
redemption. Though this body pass away, someday it'll be like unto his own when the full redemption comes in. There's a redeemed spirit and soul in an unredeemed body. This body, in spite of myself, is daily outwardly perishing, subject to trials and tribulations and pains and aches and so forth. But the time is coming when the full redemption to wit the body and this body of my humiliation will be fashioned like unto his glorious body. Acts 20.28 speaks of the church of God which was purchased or he has purchased with his own blood. Now listen. Thus redemption means to be set free by the payment of a ransom. Christ made that payment by the shedding of his blood for without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin. And in Leviticus 17.11, we are told, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And then on Calvary's cross, when the soldier thrust the spear into his side, and Christ's side was bruised and wounded, blood and water came out. His life was poured out as a ransom, the ransom price. Hence God says, When I see the blood... I will pass over you. We have a present possession. Not hope to have, or I wonder if I'm going to have. I won't be sure until I die. Listen to me, fellow believer, on such a sandy foundation. Ephesians 1 says, We have present possession. Redemption. We are redeemed, awaiting the full redemption, as I said a moment ago, to wit our body. And so may we rejoice we have redemption. We are redeemed not with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now notice the forgiveness of sin. Personally, I'm thankful that that's in the Bible. There was a day under the convicting power of the Holy Spirit I saw my sinful condition before God under condemnation, not knowing which way to turn. And I heard the glorious good news that God forgives and cleanses and washes and makes white and pure in his sight. And you'll never be saved until, first of all, you realize your sinful condition before God. I don't care who you are, you're a sinner before God by nature. You've sinned, and if you've committed one sin, you're guilty of them, of them all. If you've broken one of the Ten Commandments, you're guilty of breaking them all. So don't be so snug and so smug and so complacent. I trust that the sword of the Holy Spirit will just pierce your heart. But here's the remedy. We have redemption. You can be set free by the blood of Christ and result in the forgiveness of sins. Now, what does the word forgiven mean or forgiveness? The sending away or release. Listen, as far as the east, is from the west, so far hath he removed, forgiven our transgressions, our sins from us. Do you believe it? God's word says so. Back in the dawn of human history, poor old Job was on the ash heap, going through trials, and then suddenly, in the 33rd chapter of that marvelous book, he utters these words, Amidst the darkness surrounding him and through the three friends trying to help him as far as natural man is concerned, they could only go so far. And then God stepped in and back come these words, 
I have found a ransom pointing to the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And that word is very significant back in Job. It means a covering provided by the shedding of blood, the atonement, the atoning work. And Job was made safe and sheltered and secure because he, by faith, found a ransom redeemed by the blood of Christ. Now listen, Paul, writing in the third chapter of Philippians, writes these words, to be found in him, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. He was found in him. Job says, I have found. And Paul said, I want to be found in him, accepted in the beloved. Now listen, put away all preoccupied thoughts, please, about your matter of salvation, how you can be saved. There's only one way you can be saved, and that's through Christ. Your ransom, your redemption, the one and only one that can forgive and remove and release you from your sin. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into judgment or condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing God's word. You're saved by grace through faith through the word. Will you believe? It's up to you. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Let's bow our heads in prayer. May we all be quiet before him. Friends outside of Christ in the radio audience scattered across the nation, God's been speaking to you. And I've tried as, a, as faithfully as I know how to point you to the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. There's no other name, no other foundation, no other way. It's Christ and Christ alone. In him we who are saved have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Would you like to be released and have your sins carried by the scapegoat, so to speak, into the wilderness, never to be brought to remembrance again anymore forever? God says, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. God bless you. Kneel where you are and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And save me for Christ's sake. And while we're bowed in his presence in this visible audience in Long Beach, how many here on the lower floor will put their hands up and say, Brother Fuller, pray for me. I want to accept Christ as my personal Savior. God bless you over there. And be God bless you, sailor boy. God bless you, lady. Friends of the radio audience, pray for us. We're going into a short altar service on the old-fashioned revival hour. Hands have been going up. Another one back there. God bless you. The Holy Spirit is working. In an unusual way, another, two more back there. We can hardly close the service here on the air. Another one down here. God bless you. Oh, the Holy Spirit's working. Continue in prayer as we leave the air. This is Charles E. Fuller bidding you goodbye and God's richest blessing upon you. I call and I know.